been great singing tonight to start the service, and we are here tonight to hear some preaching. And I appreciate our friend, Pastor Scott Toole from Rosedale Baptist Church in Baltimore, Maryland, taking time to come and preach to us these next three evenings. And I hope that you'll have your Bible ready or your app ready or your phone ready, whatever your device is uh, of your choosing. But I hope you'll be ready to hear the Word of God uh, from Pastor Toole these next few nights and that you'll have a heart prepared to hear what God has for us at Crossroads. Pastor Tool, we love you. Thank you so much for taking time. Just leave it there, brother. It'll be fine. And uh, we love you. Appreciate you taking time to minister to us and uh, appreciate your friendship. Love you, my friend. Thank you. God bless you. Sing our Bibles. Turn to Habakkuk or Habakkuk, however you pronounce it. Uh, the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter number one. Uh, and Char and I were talking about uh, how good it is to see Crossroads Baptist Church. I love your pastor. Uh, I love the people here. I love the spirit of this place. I love what's happening at Crossroads Baptist Church. What a neat place. What a great place. Uh, that on a rainy Sunday night, uh, you would come out to worship the Lord. On a rainy Sunday night, uh, you would come out to hear the preaching of God's Word. Uh, and it's almost a perfect uh, trip from our place after church to your place before church. Uh, almost perfect uh, and uh, I don't know if you guys are like I am, but I'm always in a rush to get out the door, always in a rush to get out the door. And uh, how many in here, men, you're the first one in the car waiting for your wife to get in the car? Anyone like that besides me? Uh, how many ladies in here, you're the first one in the car waiting for your husband to get in the car? Uh, how many in here have a perfect marriage you get in at the same time? Uh, we're not there yet. And usually I'm in the car saying, come on, Char, come on, Char, we got to go. Come on, come on. Uh, and we have plenty of time, but I'm still kind of, you know, uh, I, I don't honk anymore. God's grace has been working on me. Um, and just growing me spiritually as a husband. Uh, and so uh, as we rush out the door and Char's making sure all of her last stuff is packed, everything is just perfectly, uh, and I already got everything in the car, I'm ready to go. Uh, until I get down here uh, and we start unpacking and I realize that I left my pants up at uh, Baltimore. And so uh, I do feel comfortable here. These are the only pants I have. And so uh, if I'm preaching tomorrow in my horsey pajamas, you're going to know why. Uh, those, those pajamas that have that back flap, that mud flap, I don't even know what it is. But uh, you're going to know that he really feels comfortable here at Crossroads Baptist Church. And uh, we're probably going to go pick up a pair of pants tomorrow before tomorrow night. But uh, we're in Habakkuk chapter 1. Uh, and to give you a clue as to where that's at, I was trying to give you plenty of time. Uh, it's one of the minor prophets. It's right after the book of Nahum, if that helps. Uh, you can find it in the table of contents, if that helps. And so uh, Habakkuk uh, is one of the 12 minor prophets. Uh, and it is situated correctly right after Nahum because uh, Nahum was talking about God's judgment on the northern kingdom. Uh, the Assyrians coming down and wiping them out. Uh, but now Habakkuk is talking about uh, God's judgment uh, on the southern kingdoms. It's not the Assyrians coming down. It's uh, the Babylonians coming down, the Chaldeans coming down. Uh, he's the last minor prophet before the Babylonian captivity when uh, Nebuchadnezzar sweeps in and wipes out. He uh, overruns and steals away. The times are 610 B.C., troubling. The days uh, are dark. Uh, Habakkuk quite literally means wrestling. He's wrestling uh, with the battles around him. Uh, he's wrestling with the battles near him. 
Uh, and even more, he's wrestling with the battles inside of him. Uh, and I've found the biggest battles, I love the theme for the year, uh, the battle is the Lord's. But uh, I've found the biggest battles aren't the ones that are on the outside or uh, even the ones that are on the inside, uh, but the ones, the battles that I uh, have the hardest times with uh, are the battles up here and, and the battles uh, right here. Uh, Ronald Blue said of our time, it could be applied to that time, he said, planet Earth may look marvelous from a satellite, but for those who live on the dusty globe, things tend to look rather grim. Uh, increased turmoil, rising terrorism, mounting tragedies, uh, unprecedented trauma, increasing pollution, deepening trials, uh, unparalleled tensions cast dark shadows over humanity. The world at times can look more and more like an ominous black sphere with a very short fuse, a bomb sizzling to explode. Judah's already formed an unholy alliance with the Medes. They're yoked together with unbelievers, and God now is judging them for that. Habakkuk, we know the least about uh, Habakkuk of the Minor Prophets, we do know this, that uh, he was a priest before he, came, before he became a prophet. Uh, and some of the footnotes around Habakkuk, we know that, that uh, as a uh, priest, probably the tribe of, uh, of the Levites, that, that part that was uh, involved in uh, the singing and the music, in fact, uh, the phrase that uh, titles it to the chief singer on stringed instruments. And if this is a song, it's not a wedding song. If this is a song, uh, this is more of a funeral dirge, a minor key kind of a drone. Uh, Habakkuk had questions. Uh, Habakkuk had wrestlings here. He had wrestlings here. Uh, Habakkuk is uh, asking God uh, for answers to the things that were troubling him. And uh, he's already seen at the beginning of his ministry that, that temporary revival by Josiah uh, where everything seemed grand, everything seemed great when uh, the Word of God was reprioritized and the uh, house of God was rebuilt and uh, the worship of God was reinstituted, but it was more legislated from the outside in because shortly after Josiah was Jehoiakim. Remember who he was? Uh, he was the one, when the Word of God came to him, he took that penknife and just cut it up into uh, little strips and threw it into the fire. God's people turning their back on God, uh, society being anti-God, uh, the people are morally sliding, justice uh, is absolutely missing, the whole society uh, opposing anything that's good, uh, and Habakkuk is saying, where's God? Uh, where's God? Hey, God, I have some uh, questions. Uh, God, I need some answers. Uh, I don't uh, know what's happening. I don't uh, see the why behind the what. Hey, don't you hear my cry? Uh, look at verse number one. Habakkuk Chapter 1, the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see, the seer, uh, God showing him, he's seeing. God showing him, showing him what was to come, uh, and he's seeing, uh, and as he's seeing, it was weighing him down. Uh, it was a burden to him. Uh, in fact, the burden was to the point of, point number one, write it down, uh, an emotional frustration. It was an emotional frustration, frustrated, 
with what he saw, frustrated uh, with what was going on, frustrated uh, with society around him. Uh, that battle, that battle on the outside, that, that battle uh, right beside, uh, that battle on the inside, the emotional frustration, the burden, which Habakkuk did see, verse 2, O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? I'm crying, God, and you're not hearing I'm crying, I'm hurting, God, and it doesn't seem like you're noticing. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? Look at it, even cry out, even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. That second word cry is more intensified. That second word cry is louder. It's an exasperation. In the Hebrew, it literally means to scream. And so he basically is saying, I'm so frustrated with things going on. I'm ready to scream. I'm so frustrated with society around me, the battles that are attacking me. Hey, I'm ready to scream. Why? Number one underneath that, the emotional frustration, he said, I'm so frustrated I want to scream. I'm so frustrated I want to scream. Number one, because of the iniquity of society, the iniquity of of society. We don't have to look look long to realize the iniquity of our society. Let's look at his. Look at verse 2. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry? This burden you've shown me. I'm seeing what's going on. I see it all around me. I I, I have eyes to see. uh, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry? It's a burden uh, and thou wilt not hear. Even scream, even cry out unto thee of violence of violence. Uh, Russia invading the Ukraine. And uh, now it's uh, come to the point of should we help out? How much should we help out? Should we uh, not help out? But, but the frustration is the fact that uh, a godless nation would attack this nation. Uh, the murder rate on the rise. Uh, uh, less suspects prosecuted for those murders. Uh, He said, I want to scream. The iniquity of society is so bad, but I want to scream. Uh, Child molestation, uh, unprosecuted, it's it's uh, unchecked, and uh, and, and senseless murders, and uh, accused having more rights, more rights, the accused having uh, more rights than the victim. Uh, And here he is saying, oh Lord, I cry unto thee, how long? Uh, And thou wilt not hear. Even scream, even scream. The iniquity of society makes me want to scream. I think about when that uh, shutdown took place for, I think it was about three years ago. Uh, lasted for at least months and then, uh, you know, different uh, on and off type deals. But, but the thing that frustrated me were uh, back when liquor stores and abortion clinics were deemed essential businesses, <laughs> Liquor stores and abortion clinics, uh, while churches were shuttered for a time. Uh, God, it doesn't make sense. Uh, Lord, I don't understand our society. Uh, Everything that's happening, the iniquity uh, of society, all around me is sin and grievance, all around me is spoiling and violence, all around me uh, is strife and contention. Uh, Oh Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear, even scream, even Cry out unto thee of violence, uh, and thou wilt not save. You ever been there when you feel so frustrated you want to scream? Uh, And here Habakkuk is at. 
Uh, he's uh, uh, telling us about that uh, when he says, I'm so frustrated I want to scream, number one, because of the iniquity of society. But then number two, he says, I'm so frustrated I want to scream, number two, because of the inequity of the system. The inequity of the system, these battles, these battles, these battles around us. Crime's increasing, justice is decreasing. The wicked are prospering, uh, right is languishing. Look at it in the text, verse 4. He, he talked about that burden, that burden, it's weighing him down. He's, he's talking about, I'm crying out, God, and you're not uh, hearing. I'm, I'm wanting to scream because of the iniquity of, uh, of society, and now because of the iniquity of, uh, of the system, verse 4. Therefore, the law is slacked. The law is paralyzed. Uh, our judicial system at times seems broken. Uh, 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 legislation and justice seems encumbered with uh, multiple layers of law that justice is never done. I'm not even talking about the tax code where uh, the smartest of men can't figure that out, but uh, I'm talking about the legal system. And uh, he starts out saying, hey, there's sin and iniquity all around. But then our justice system, our justice system, the inequity of the system, it seems like it's paralyzed. I think about Ecclesiastes, it says, because sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily. Therefore, the heart of the sons of men are fully set in them to do evil. It's fully set. I mean, it hardens them to continue to uh, rob, cheat, and steal, to, to continue to, to plunder and uh, break the law. Why? Because sentence against an evil work. Uh, and Habakkuk is saying, boy, God, I'm crying out, and it doesn't seem like you're hearing. I'm crying out, and uh, it doesn't seem like you're answering. I'm, I'm so frustrated. I want to scream. Surrounded by the wicked and Surrounded by the unrighteous, God-haters, people uh, pushing agendas, verse 4. Therefore the law is paralyzed, slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about uh, all around the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Uh, Our judicial system at times isn't working. The uh, uh, the law doesn't seem... uh, uh, justice doesn't seem like it's happening, and, 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 and Habakkuk is absolutely frustrating. But you can see it at work when someone says, why do I work so hard? I'm honest, and I get laid off. But that lazy scoundrel who uh, is stealing from the company that's friends with the boss, well, he gets promoted. God, why? Lord, I don't understand why uh, that Young teenager who loves the Lord, has a heart for God, dies of ovarian cancer when she's 19. Why? Uh, And that one that never darkens the door of church lives to be 102. God, I I don't understand it. I'm I'm crying out and uh, you're not hearing. I'm not not, uh, hearing an answer to that. And uh, God, I'm so frustrated. It makes me want to scream. By the way, I think probably the hardest part uh, is that waiting in silence, that waiting in silence. In silence, for things to turn around, that, that waiting in silence, for justice to happen, that, that waiting in silence for, for, for things to even out. Verse number two, oh Lord, say it with me, how long? How long? Oh Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? 
It reminds me of Revelation chapter 6, the souls of the martyrs who, they cried with a loud voice, kind of like that second cry. I cry out. I cry out. It makes me want to scream. They cried out with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? Lord, how long? Silence. Waiting. Trying to figure it out. The psalmist had that same kind of wrestling with the iniquity of society, wrestling with that inequity of the system in Psalm 13, 1, when he says, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Can't you see Job waiting in silence for 36 chapters. There's none like him in all the East. There's none like him in all the world. A man that fears God, eschews evil, has a heart for the Lord, lost everything. His children, 10 freshly dug graves, uh, 10 funerals served all in the same day, uh, all of his money, the, the loyalty of his wife, the backing, support of his wife. Hey, it's gone. And for 36 chapters, waiting in silence, not ever told why it happened. Uh, not ever told that, that it was the devil that came and he said, doth Job fear God for naught? And, uh, and then I challenged, he said, let down that hedge. And I said, uh, go ahead and, and you'll find out. Job was never given an explanation. And he had to wait for 36 chapters. How about Joseph? Uh, Joseph, what a type of Christ. Joseph, what a man of God. Uh, the Lord was with him. The Lord was with him over and over, the Bible says. But for 14 years, he was in darkness, falsely accused. Potiphar's wife uh, lying about him, uh, Potiphar putting him in prison, uh, the butler and the baker, boy, forgot all about him, uh, didn't remember him, and for 14 years waiting in silence, how long? When will things ever be made right? And they will be. When will things ever turn around? And they will. When will life finally be fair? And it will be someday. When will there be justice in the world? Oh, God, how long? You ever wrestle internally, emotionally with some of this? Uh, read the Psalms. The psalmist did about every third psalm, about every third psalm, about every third psalm. By the way, I don't think it's a bad thing to, to say, God, I don't understand this. Uh, Lord, would you help me to understand this? Uh, to bring our questions to God. When we bring our questions to God... I'm telling you, David didn't hold back in some of the Psalms. He was talking about, uh, break their teeth in, God. Break their teeth in. Those, uh, those, those, I, I'm telling you, uh, he just aired it out. But I think a lot of times we're almost intimidated uh, when we have those questions, those battlings on the outside, uh, those battlings right beside, and those battlings on the inside. Uh, please don't ever forget, though, the perfect Lamb of God. Uh, the Son of God, Messiah, uh, Jesus, who's perfect, did everything right, said, my God, my God, why? I have questions. I have questions. I'm wrestling. He's wrestling with God. The tension, the problems, the unanswered questions, it frustrates him. It's the same vernacular of today on, uh, why does that guy, he's on his fourth DUI and he crashes and kills that young girl who's never, ever had a drop to drink. God, why? 
God, why does that, that, that couple that sleeps around, that girl that sleeps around, abortion, 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 and, uh, and uh, why, why? Uh, and my wife and I have had to try, have, tried, have tried to have a child for years, and we've been unable. God, why? God, why? That emotional wrestling, that emotional frustration that he had. Uh, 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 oh, Lord, uh, I cry. Uh, I cry. How long shall I cry? Uh, now we'll not hear. Even cry out. And so he's so frustrated, he wants to scream, and God is silent. About the iniquity of society, about the inequity of the system, crime increasing, wicked prospering, righteous languishing, and Habakkuk is questioning, he's wondering, he's frustrating, more questioning. And by the way, understand, God doesn't owe us an answer. We understand that, right? And by the way, he never promises this explanation he only promises us relaxation. Uh, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding, it's beyond explanation. It's beyond explanation. I think about it times when uh, I'm trying to uh, explain something, explain something to a, a junior type staff member, a uh, someone on staff that is just uh, doesn't uh, understand a, a decision or a direction, and um, and, and it's it's hard to explain what what goes on on this side of the desk. Uh, there's some things I can't explain that go on on this side of the desk. Boy, I just want the staff to give me the benefit of the doubt from that side of the desk, uh, and it's the same way with God. And I'm not trying to put a parallel beyond that. Uh, uh, so much to say. Uh, our understanding of what's going on is so limited. Uh, God is omniscient. Even if he did explain it, we wouldn't get it. Uh, we wouldn't understand it. Uh, he never promises explanation. Uh, he only promises us relaxation. Uh, basically, God's saying to Habakkuk, uh, if I told you, look, look at verse number five. Behold ye among the heathen. Is everybody with me so far? He's frustrating the burden. How, how long, God, will I cry? And uh, thou wilt not hear. Even scream. So frustrated, I want to uh, scream. Behold ye among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously. For uh, I will work a work in your days which ye will not believe, though it be told you. Uh, you think I'm not working. I'm already working. Uh, you, you, you think that, that, that you don't understand it. Uh, yeah, you probably won't understand it. And uh, even if I told you, you wouldn't get it. Uh, and, and it's almost as if Habakkuk says, no, go ahead and try me. Go ahead and try me. Hey, tell me. I, I want to know. I want to know why. Uh, why? I'm crying out. I want to know why. And, and God says, okay, here we go. Look at verse 6. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the, the dwelling places that are not theirs. They're terrible and dreadful. Their uh, judgment and their dignity shall proceed of themselves. Uh, their horses are swifter than the leopards, uh, and they're more fierce than the evening wolves. Uh, and their horsemen shall spread themselves, and their uh, horsemen shall come from afar. They, they shall fly as the eagle that hasteth to eat. They're devouring. Uh, they're, they're picking uh, uh, the flesh away. Uh, they shall come all for violence. Their, their faces shall sup uh, up as the east wind. They shall gather the captivity, the Babylonian captivity, as the sand, and they shall scoff at the kings, and the princes shall be a scorn unto them. They shall deride every stronghold, for they shall heap dust 
and take it. And God in those verses shows Habakkuk, number three, write it down, the intensity of the solution. The intensity of the solution. And Habakkuk responds like we thought he would with more emotional frustration. God, now not only do I not understand it, God, I don't agree with it. Look at it in verse number 12. Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die, wishful thinking. Uh, he's trying to talk God uh, around this corner of, uh, God, you're holy. God, you're righteous. You couldn't possibly do this, and, and we shouldn't die. Uh, we shouldn't die, O Lord. Thou hast ordained them for judgment, uh, and almighty God, thou hast established them. They're the ones that should be judged. Uh, they're the ones that should be corrected. Uh, those that are bitter and hasty, uh, that nation, verse 6. Uh, those that are terrible and dreadful, uh, that nation, verse number 7. Hey, they're the ones that should be going through what we're going through. He's questioning what he's going through. He's questioning who God uses to correct them. Uh, and now he's questioning God himself. 13, thou art pu of purer eyes than to behold evil, uh, and canst not look on iniquity. Uh, wherefore lookest thou upon them that deal treacherously, and uh, holdest thy tongue, when the wicked devoureth a man that is more righteous than he? We don't deserve this, they do. We don't deserve this, they do. Uh, and you're going to use them to correct us, uh, and makest men as the fishes of the sea, as the creeping things that have no ruler over them. They take up all of them with the angle. Uh, they catch them in their net, and gather them in their drag. Therefore, they rejoice and are glad the godless do that. Therefore they sacrifice under their net idolatrously and burn incense under their drag. They're, they're worshiping idols because by them their portion is fat. They're giving credit to that. They're giving credit to that. And their meat is plenteous. Shall they therefore empty their net and not spare continually to slay the nations? God, I can't believe you'd let this happen. They're incredibly cruel. Uh, they're the ones that deserve this. They're the ones that should be judged. They're the ones that should be corrected. Hey, God, that's not fair. God, I can't believe you'd let this happen. And I can hear God saying, I, I told you you wouldn't understand. I, I told you you wouldn't understand. Which brings us to point number two. And here's the sermon that's very, very short. <laughs> the emotional frustration. I've been there. I know you've been there. And it may not be quite the way I'm describing it, quite the way I'm uh, acting it out, but there's times where uh, it's a head-scratcher, where that godless uh, person, that, that person living in sin, how they're blessed and I'm not. Uh, how God heals them, it seems, and uh, God allows that thorn in the flesh to stay with me. Uh, the emotional frustration because of the iniquity of society, the uh, emotional frustration because of the inequity of the system, and uh, the emotional frustration especially because the intensity of the solution, the emotional frustration. But then in chapter 2, Habakkuk was told to do uh, what we should have done right out of the gate, the expression of faith. The expression of faith. Look at chapter 2. Uh, look at the last half of verse number four. I thought about uh, teaching each chapter, uh, uh, Sunday night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and uh, I'll see which way God uh, directs. But the last half of verse number four, the just shall live 
by his faith. Say that with me. The just shall live by his faith. Uh, He's resolving what he sees with what he believes. Uh, He's resolving uh, 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 all of the oppression on the outside and uh, uh, some of the hurt that's right beside, but but all of the frustration that's on the inside. He's resolving that, and he just steps back and says, boy, I need to live by faith. I simply need to turn my eyes back to the Lord Jesus Christ. Give him the benefit of the doubt uh, and trust him with all my heart. Lean not into my own understanding. The just shall live by his faith. Turn your Bibles to Psalm 73, quickly, Psalm 73. Psalm 73, David kind of starts out that same way. In Psalm 73, verse number 1, David said, truly God is good. Uh, Truly uh, God is good. Would you agree with that? Uh, Truly God is good. And he even ends it in verse number 28 saying, but it is good for me to draw near to God. Truly, God is good. Uh, It is good for me to draw near to God. Statement of fact, this I know, God is good. But in those 26 verses in between, he's emotionally frustrating. Uh, He's emotionally frustrating. He's wrestling. Uh, He's trying to figure out uh, the difference between what he says and what he sees, uh, what he knows theoretically, uh, and what he's experiencing, what he's experiencing uh, experientially. Look at verse 1. Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, but as for me, God is good to those governed by him, Israel. Uh, Even to such as are of a clean heart, those that are, say, believers in the Lord. But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slept. Yes, God's good theoretically. Yes, God's good factually, even mentally. Uh, But experientially, my feet are slipping. Uh, My steps are are sliding. Uh, And their life is succeeding, those emotional frustrations. I know God is good. I know he's good. Look at verse 3. For I was envious at the foolish. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, my feet slipping, my, my, my steps sliding, their, their life prospering. Uh, verse 7, their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than heart could wish. 12, uh, behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. And so the psalmist here uh, is placing his losses Uh, next to the heathen's gains. Uh, His losses, uh, next to those that that don't ever follow God, God God-haters, their their prosperity, uh, and he's he's trying to resolve. He's uh, having emotional frustration about uh, God's good, yes, I can say it. God's good, yes, I can say it. But at times I can't see it. At times I can't sense it. Verse Verse five, they're not in trouble as other men. Neither are they plagued like other men. Uh, They're not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Now, look at verse number 13. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency, for all the day long have I been plagued. And so he's looking out there, the battles, looking out there at those that are against God, those that never darken the door of a church, and he says, hey, they're never plagued. They're never plagued. Uh, But then he's looking in here and he says, uh, all day long, all uh, day long. And didn't he start out saying, God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But then he says, verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain. 
Boy, he's struggling on the inside. Look at verse 16. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. When I thought to know this, resolving, I'm following God, I love the Lord, I'm saved, I was saved when I was 18, and uh, a Bible reading and prayer time, I'm faithful to church, I tithe and uh, try to minister and serve. And, uh, and, and when, I, when I thought to know this, when I thought to know this, how, how, uh, where I'm at and where they are, where I'm at and where they are, and uh, how they're never plagued and I'm plagued all the day long. Uh, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Uh, a lot like Habakkuk saying, oh Lord, how long shall I cry? And thou wilt not hear, uh, even scream, uh, even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Look at verse 16 again of Psalm 73. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. In verse number one, truly God is good. By faith I can say it. Uh, verse number uh, two to verse number 27, but I can't see it. I can't sense it. Uh, and then to verse number 28, but it is good for me to draw near to God. It is good for me to draw near to God. Uh, and it was too painful, too painful uh, until I went into the sanctuary of God. Uh, it reminds me a lot of the psalmist in Psalm 27 when he said, I'd fainted. Boy, worn out collapsing. Uh, I'd fainted unless... I believe to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I, I can't see it now. Boy, I can't sense it now. Boy, I, I'm looking out there for it. I, I can't make sense of it, uh, but I'd fainted unless I believe to see. I'm going to believe until I do see. But I'm going to have faith in God. Uh, the fact that he's righteous, the fact that he's right, uh, I'm going to have faith in him even when I can't see it, even when I can't sense it. I can, by faith, say it, God is good. God is good. Say it with me. God is good. God is good all the time. Say it. God is good all the time. God is good all the time. God is good all the time. Can you imagine being Habakkuk? And there he is, the burden. I was a priest. It was pretty routine, pretty scheduled. And then he made me a prophet. I mean, that's that's kind of other than. Uh, and as a prophet, the burden that he did see, and the burden was uh, the iniquity of society. The burden was the inequity of the, uh, of the system. The burden was the intensity of the solution. Now, those are the battles on the inside. Those are the battles on the inside. The, the, the outside, the outside. The battles on the inside were, man, I'm struggling with that. Uh, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Uh, I, I cried, and it seems like God's not hearing. Uh, I, I'm so frustrated, it makes me want to scream. But then in chapter 2, kind of like the psalmist when he ended by, boy, I'm going to go into the sanctuary of God. Uh, in fact, I'm going to go in for the next three nights, Sunday night, Monday night, uh, and Tuesday night. And faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Boy, that faith that may be wavering at times, that faith that may be wobbling at times, uh, that faith is built up and strengthened uh, when we fully focus our faith on the Lord Jesus Christ. We're taking in his word, we're taking in his word, we're taking in his word, uh, and we can truly say, truly, God is good all the time, all the time, all the time. The just shall live by faith.
I think of Louisa Stead, who, um, uh, serving the Lord, uh, loved the Lord. Um, um, uh, her and her, uh, she ended up marrying her husband, M. Arstead, and uh, they had a young daughter. And uh, she said in her own words, she said, when we were picnicking there on uh, the shore in the northeast, that, that Long Island-type beach area, uh, as we were picnicking, he went out into the uh, water swimming, and uh, when he was swimming, he saw someone drowning. He went out to save him. He saved him, but started cramping and drowning himself. He cried out, uh, and she said, I, I, I saw him go down. I, I saw him uh, slip down. I, I, I saw him uh, die. Uh, uh, she said, boy, it was beyond. It was beyond. I, I, I could hardly take it. I could hardly take it. Out of that pain, out of her not seeing any good from that, out of seeing hardship and hurt and injustice in that, she, she, out of a heart of faith, penned the words, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, "'just to take him at his word, "'just to know thus, uh, uh, thus saith, uh, I'm mixing it up, by faith, pretend like I know it, okay? So, uh, tis so sweet, uh, and I know the pastor's trying to give it to me. I just can't hear it. I'm, I'm, I'm losing it up here, but, uh, and, and, the, and she ended up being a missionary with her daughter and uh, serving the Lord, just giving her heart to God. Uh, on the mission field, she ended up uh, uh, seriously ill, having to come back many times uh, to uh, be cared for medically and to uh, have her health built up. Uh, and uh, one of those last times that, that she finally did have to uh, uh, stop uh, the, the mission's work and ended up dying shortly thereafter, she uh, wrote the last verse that says, I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Precious Jesus, Savior, Lord. And I'll stop there because I don't know that one either. But anyway, uh, when we can't see the hand of God, uh, when we can't trace his hand, trust his heart. Habakkuk, the battle, the battle. The battle's the Lord's. The battle's the Lord's, and sometimes we'll trip up on the battle that's out there. Sometimes we'll trip up with the battle that's in here, the one that Habakkuk struggled with the most, the one that David struggled with the most, the, the one that we at times can struggle with the most is when there's a battle in here. We're trying to reconcile that. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until until I went into the sanctuary of the Lord, uh, until I, by faith, just trusted the fact that when I can't see it, I definitely can say it. Uh, when I can't sense it, it does not mean that God's not good. Hey, God is good all the time. Lord, thank you for being a good God. Thank you for your heart that loves us, uh, your heart that blesses us, uh, your heart that 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 loves us so much, you sent your son to die in our place, to die for our sins. Uh, the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Thank you for doing that for me. Uh, thank you for doing that. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Uh, Lord, he did all the work. He paid the entire price. Uh, and when we doubt whether God is good or uh, maybe not even doubting to the point of saying it, but uh, on the inside just trying to reconcile it, reconcile it. 
Lord, help us to lift our eyes to Calvary and realize how truly good you are to us. Your son shed his blood. Your son gave his life. And when I was trying to work my way to heaven for 18 years, trying to work my way up, trying to earn my way in for 18 years, not realizing that we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God, all of us have, None of us are good enough to make it to heaven on our own. None of us are. All our righteousness is filthy rags. The best we can offer God is filthy rags. That's why when we couldn't work our way up, God sent his son all the way down to die in our place. I was the one that sinned. He was the one that paid for it. I was the one that had the wrong thoughts. His was the brow that had thorns pierced in it. Uh, Mine were the hands that stole. His were the hands that had nails driven through them. Mine was the the back that backslid. His was the back that was ripped open uh, with that cat of nine tails. And he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Lord, thank you for December 27th, 1984, when I came face to face with the gospel, 18 years old, and I heard for the first time that I, it's not about my religion, it's not about my good works outweighing my bad works. We're all in the same boat. We've all, sent, we've all come short of the glory of God. I was confronted with the gospel. And Lord, thank you on that day when I did bow my heart, head and open my heart and place all my faith in Jesus Christ, the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the gospel. Lord, thank you at that moment a new name was written down in glory. At that moment, my sins laid on him, his righteous record was given to me. Thank you at that moment when I was born again, that you now see me by way of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, don't let this moment pass. Uh, And it's as simple as praying. And it's not the words, it's not a prayer that saves you. It's uh, your heart's belief, trusting, having faith in Jesus Christ. It's simply the prayer, it's your mouth that, uh, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And if you're tired of trying to work your way up, uh, trying, uh, tired of trying to uh, earn your way in and uh, realizing without him, well, you can just simply call out and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I know without you, I can't make it to heaven on my own. But Lord, the best I know how, I place all of my faith in my Savior, Jesus Christ. Come into my heart, forgive my sins, and save me. Boy, one look at Calvary and we realize God is good all the time. He's good all the time. Thank you for being our King. Thank you for being our Savior. Thank you for being good to us. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask Brother Tim to come and we're going to sing a song of invitation just as a, a time of reflection on what we've heard. And uh, maybe you just need to pray there in your seat with your spouse or whoever's right there with you. Uh, just kind of put to heart what we've just heard. And uh, we're going to sing what a beautiful name it is. And he has a beautiful name.
And uh, we're thankful for what he has already done and what he will do. Uh, but the altar will be open. If you'd like to come and pray, you're welcome to do that. And if you need to talk to someone, I'll be right down front and be happy to pray with you, share truth from God's word with you if that's what you feel like you need tonight. Uh, but Pastor Tim, lead us in that song. And uh, let's just speak to the Lord about what he's spoken to our heart about. Thank you.